On the steps of the stands in Central Asia, a goofy-looking antelope grazes around the countryside, using its odd snout to sniff the ground as it walks. But having such a problematic proboscis can be more trouble than it's worth, as a silent killer stalks these nefarious noses. But having a slinky snout is just how the Saiga antelope stays cool here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I am Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And thank you to Brian for this week's artwork. It's a doozy because this is a funny looking animal. So to check it out, you can follow us at LD Taxonomy on Facebook or Twitter. Or visit us at LDTaxonomy.com. And speaking of funny looking... Today we're talking about the Tibetan fox of antelopes, and by that I mean it looks like a child's drawing of the antelope uh, that isn't quite right. Uh, or more on that later. <laughs> yeah, it's this is if like they were drawing an antelope and sneezed at the nose part, and then just went with the outline. But like the t- both the Tibetan fox and the this particular animal, which is the Saiga antelope? Saiga? Is that what you would say? Yeah, yeah. That, that's the show everybody watched last year, the Saiga King. Oh, right. Uh, it I looks like... Um, it just looks like the proportions are off. Yeah. But Saiga antelope, that's... I, who's going to call it that? Researchers? Pff. We're going to call it here, and this one's from a, a special serve from Brian. Uh, the double-barreled snot gun... <laughs> that one was pretty good. The, in, in fact, there's actually a shotgun called the Saiga, named after this animal. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so this is very appropriate. I'm not sure if Brian knew that already, uh, but if he's listening, now you do. We're also going to call it Bob Saiga, of course. Uh, this the the Saiga Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, also going to call it. Uh, Snuffleupagus, because that was the first thing that came to my mind, and Jim Henson's childhood dog, or what he thinks it looked like. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, there's some pictures of this thing that look like it's a a character in the Dark Crystal. Would you like to hear what science calls it? Yeah, tell us the science. Well, it is uh, in the kingdom you know, love, and are in the kingdom Animalia. Yes. The phylum is Chordata. Mm -hmm. The class... Mammalia. I'm doing a mammal this time. You're doing Me, tons of mammals now. Carlos, the 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 guy who doesn't do mammals. I'm 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 kidding. They're cool. I like them. Uh, and then the uh, the order is Artiodactyla, which is even-toed ungulates. Humpback. Wh- what? Sorry. Yes, even-toed <laughs> ungulates. Yeah, Artioda- the, the the animals that have recently swallowed a guy in the news. The audio, oh, a humpback whale? I don't know if it was a humpback, but it was humpback, humpback adjacent, and it wasn't technically <laughs> swallowing. It was humpback adjacent. They don't even open their mouths wide enough to really swallow somebody. Oh, that, yes, that would they de- do. That would defeat the purpose of They do open their feeding. mouths 
hugely wide, uh, but their throats are so small, so they couldn't possibly swallow something human-sized. But they could keep uh, something human-sized in their mouth, like Finding Nemo? Yeah, but and- the problem with that is, is like, it's plugging up all your food, the hole that you want food to go into, so he spit him out. And he survived. That must have been the most terrifying thing ever. I gotta look the way he described it was like he was swimming and all of a sudden he didn't know where he was. <laughs> what? So what, he wasn't a scuba diver or anything? He was just swimming? Oh, I don't know. I, you <laughs> swim when you scuba dive. I don't think those th- things are mutually exclusive. I guess, but you, I don't know, you, you would use the term diving or something. I'm just picturing someone just, you know, doing free, f- doing a freestyle stroke on the waves and then suddenly they're inside a whale's mouth and then suddenly they're fine again. That's nuts. He could have been just swimming because that's isn't, don't they do that? Like they come up, they tr- use the surface of the water to, to trap, trap the, uh, like a school of fish. Yeah, I guess. But I, was this thing hunting him? That's so weird. No, I think it was an accident. He just so happened to be near a bait ball. He he must be yeah in 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 a little school. School of hard knocks. Wow, I would never a go big, in the a ocean big again. School of fish or a krill, like thick with krill. Maybe you wouldn't even be able to see the man on the other side. Yeah, especially if you had two eyes very far from your snout that were facing either direction and not forward. I'd like to give this whale the benefit of the doubt. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, especially since he spat him back out. It was uh that was very mature and noble of him to do. It, it he or she, I guess who knows what kind of what the it wasn't even they don't even know if it was humpback. Uh I don't know for sure if it was a humpback because I didn't it the pictures that they that accompany all the articles look like yeah, it says humpback. Okay. It's a humpback whale. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Should we continue with the nomenclature? Yeah. Uh, the family is Bovidae. Because it's a cow. It's a cow. It's not quite a cow. No, no. It's a cow adjacent. Uh, the subfamily is Antilopinae, which means it's an antelope and not a cow. Right. The tribe is Cygini, which is, which is the last a tribe of artiodactyl mammals of the Bovidae family, and the subfamily Antilope. Pinna, you know, all the stuff we just talked about. Definitely not the last Two species of gazelles. Uh, and this particular one is in the genus Saiga, and the species is Saiga Tatarica. Tatarica? Yeah. Saiga Tatarica. That's what you would use to kill Sagini, the last Horcrux. Saiga Tatarica means totally destroy. Oh, a spell. The Saigini snake thing. Okay, would you like to do nope. a quiz? Since some we're in the sort? since we're in the business of naming things. <laughs> oh, you said no. <laughs> no, you're not doing that. You said you. I just said quiz. I would like to perform the quiz and not take one for once. It's time for my favorite part of the show. Uh, oh wait, what were we going to call the one about the young? I don't remember. Baby corner. But I also know the answer to this. There was nothing to do here. <laughs> Maybe you found one that I don't know. Maybe there's more than one. Infant identification. That is, it was better than that. Binomial babies. There we go. Sure. 
Whatever. <laughs> it's time for not Critter Croups, but what we are uh, tentatively calling it, because I can't remember what we called it before, Binomial Babies. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is, is babies with two names, which is most babies have at least two names. But no, we're going to talk about the one name for the the babies of the Saiga antelope. What would what are they called, Joe? Are they called a kid, b a calf, c a ewe, ewe, or d a lamb? I don't know this because they're also called a fawn, and that's what I thought. I know. I found the answer, and I sw- I found another answer, and I switched out with fawn at the last second. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go with you. A you. With me? Yeah. Yeah, with me? Rush Hour 3 joke. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Except for it's a, it's a man named you. Why you? Oh. Is that the big guy? No. Oh. And there's also another man named me, am I? Oh, I have not seen those movies in a minute. The first two were like back to back, and then the third one was much later, but it's got some funny moments. Yeah. It's very self-aware, very meta. All right, you, your final answer? Mm-hmm. Eh. The answer was calf. The answer is fawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that if you just looked at the Wikipedia page for a second, you would see the word fawn, and so... <laughs> I was hoping that maybe you had missed it, but uh, I found another one, and so I, I guess that it was fun, just because it looks like a deer more than any of those other things. It doesn't look like a cow. It doesn't look like a sheep, or it doesn't look like a goat. I guess you could argue for goat, but it looks like a. Deer it's goat sized, so kid, and a fawn is what is like a a, a is um, C. S. Lewis's version of a satyr, so. It's kind of goatish. True. But yeah, it's a calf. They have calves. And f- they're, they're also called fawns. Okay. Would you like to hear it? what it looks like? We've been dancing around that subject. Yes, because this is what immediately made me want to go look this thing up. It's one of those where it's like, that looks weird. There must be a cool fact about it. And there is, actually, in this yeah. case. Uh, the Saiga antelope has a stocky deer-like body with thin legs. It doesn't look as thin and lithe as the Impala or the Springbok. It doesn't look like it's a natural athlete, though I'm sure it is pretty athletic. Um, it's kind of moose uh, uh Yeah, I guess you could like thick, thick-bodied, thin-legged. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't have big knobby knees like a moose. No, I guess you're right. Females are hornless, and males have horns that go straight up with a twist. And the twist is that it twists. Is, the, is it um, an M. Night Shyamalan horn? <laughs> Yeah. It's got a twist. <laughs> it doesn't just have a twist at the end, though. Oh, okay. That's just all all, th- all throughout. It's, it's just more sub- like um. It's just subverting expectations. A Ryan Johnson, where it's <laughs> yeah. just twisted through the whole time. <laughs> oh, I was gonna. I was. You, we were on the same wavelength on that one. <laughs> uh, they have an almost uniform tan color, except for. A dark to light gradient for counter shading, of course. But then the color changes to be reddish in the summer and gray brown in the winter. I wonder why it needs to be counter shaded. Mm, for eagles. Yeah, but like why does it need to be lighter underneath? For nice. all of, for all of the uh <laughs> what? 
Mice. Oh, my. They said nice. I was like, <laughs> did I say a meme? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, for mice. Oh, yeah. With the, with, for, for predatory mice. Um, yeah. You you don't want them to be able to see you, so your belly is white, so you blend in with the clouds. So the mice can't see you. So, it finally, it has a large head with a nose that makes it look like it drinks at the Ma's Isley Cantina. Yeah, right there with uh, Satan and Weird Mosquito Man. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, Ra- Star Wars races that never come again because the costumes everyone were realized too difficult to, to do. The Satan race is too weird for us to include. It's too cartoony 1970s. We never thought this would matter kind of design we didn't think this would be as much of a hit as it was so we included <laughs> satan in the, in the drinking room <laughs> satan himself uh, you well obi-wan had never seen a uh a worse hive of scum and villainy so the, where else could satan possibly be <laughs> a wretched that's what i a wretched hive speaking of wretched would you like to uh be destroyed by a measure up segment uh if you're mean if if your segue is that this segment is is wretched then yeah sure let's go let's do it my segue is that welcome to the <laughs> beloved measure up segment the official listeners favorite part of the show uh the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family it's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying singing or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com our wellspring of Measure Up intros has finally run dry, so we don't have a new Measure Up intro this week. Which this means we, this fountain is not deep and wide. No. Uh, which means we um, get to hear from an animal, and Carl says to guess what it is. Alrighty then. Alrighty then. And with some further ado, as I find the YouTube video... I can say my weekly animal story. I was at a house that had a bunch of yellow jackets living in the door frame, and I walked under it with the cell, with the with the person who owned the house, and we didn't get stung. And then I, and we looked around the house, and then when we left, I was the first person to leave, and I turned around, and every single yellow jacket from that nest flew directly at my eye, <laughs> and and, and then? The, the very first one stung me right. To the left of my left eye. And That's my, the worst case scenario. No, worst case scenario the is eye. they sting me in the actual eyeball, but they, they stung yeah. me in the in the uh, orbital or whatever there, and uh, it started to swell up. And I'm still like trying to talk to this person, um, about them maybe wanting to sell their house, and I'm just trying. I'm trying not to lose vision. I don't know <laughs> how you try to do not do that, but. <laughs> That was really, really, really painful. I don't think I've been stung by a yellow jacket before. You should have just turned to him and say, hey, man, I think I deserve a good deal for this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is part of the deal. Like, this, this is a deduction. Yeah, for my yeah. Uh, mental trauma for for this. And there were so many yellow jackets, like, nests a- around this house. And we walked directly underneath them the first time and nobody got stung. And then, I guess, me shutting the door behind me. Cause them to go into a rage. So I feel better now that I've put baking soda and stuff on my eye. But that was it was also on Saturday. So and this is Tuesday. Wow. All right, let's that's, do it. Uh, that's not an animal encounter you want to have, but interesting animal info 
nonetheless. Yes, the, uh, the info and the moral is don't mess with stinging insects, particularly yellow jackets, because apparently they are, um, they're like the Kate Buffalo of the 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 flying stinging insect world. They harbor grudges and will take revenge upon you no matter what. They're they. Well, what is it? They they're like the Terminator. They will not stop. <laughs> can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. Anyway, measure up. Measure up this this bad boy. There's a a TikTok account called I can't remember what it's called, but it's like Texas Bee Works or something like that. And this lady just goes to places where pe- bees have built huge hives, and she like takes the hive out and moves it uh, to a bee farm. Uh, and she just scoops them up with her hand. And she always explains like, I, I'm really, I, I've come to like under learn bee behavior enough to know when they're not uh, aggressive, but how, why are bees not aggressive? And she's not even like using smoke, which is yeah, like what beekeepers the... use to like subdue bees. Uh-huh. Um, but like she's taking the honeycombs out and putting them in boxes and she like scooping the bees up until she finds the queen who she puts in this little clip to keep it keep her safe and then puts it in the, like what could you what could she do worse than that <laughs> to make the bees go crazy maybe she guess sprayed herself with a bee pheromone that causes them to not be as aggressive as the other ones would be or maybe they're stinging her frantically and she's just made of steel no i think like i think you end up getting like you can't just stand and get stung by all the bees i was reading a nat geo article um a long time ago about these um i think they're nepalese and they go and they uh they go get collect honey from hanging uh beehives and they get stung a lot but they are pretty used to it i guess so they don't freak out they're just they're they're just they're doing their job and getting stung and it's not really like you can't really tell that they're getting stung so maybe you can just you can just become the like the ultimate uh awesome person and not <laughs> gets and not not care shrug it off rex Kwan i Do. think she's become one with the bees Maybe she is a bee. Maybe she's a bee. Have you considered that? Maybe that's what that show, uh, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, is about. It's about a bee living among people. Maybe maybe she's the bee and Aquila in the bee? Yeah, probably. (laughs) It's just Aquila and this one lady, or quote-unquote lady, uh, who who takes care of bees but then at the end uh she pulls a um a, a vincent d'onofrio at the end of <laughs> of men in black 2 turns out she's this giant bee <laughs> so keelan and the bee starts out it's this is a very heartwarming um and, movie about and she's like hey I'm, I, I'm gonna learn some i'm gonna learn some words to spell and then the and the then lady the, who's her tutor says sugar water like this <laughs> I need a snack. 
that was one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen um, in in a PG thirteen movie. Is definitely that scene in Men in Black. But I just realized that was Vincent <laughs> D'Onofrio, the kingpin himself. Uh, anyway, without further, that was a lot of ado. But without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Those were two different. There's so much going vocalizations on. from the same thing. There was there was one that sounded like uh, seven people with kazoo's, and then <laughs> seven people with kazoo's or penguins, and then someone dropping uh, a marble on a desk. <laughs> That's, those were both animal sounds. Is this from a, the same animal? Is this an album from um, uh, who? What was the guy who just who uses like? carcass sounds for his music oh cosmo sheldrake cosmos is this a cosmo sheldrake album well his his carcass sounds sound like music he doesn't make music that sounds like carcass sounds it's the other way around yeah he makes just... carcass sounds that sound like music uh <laughs> <laughs> good good distinction thanks for clarifying that um is that a a common eland is it B, a Texas Longhorn? Is it C, a white-tailed buck? Or is it D, a Siberian musk deer? Uh, D, Siberian musk deer. Final answer? Yeah. That's incorrect. Uh. The correct answer was a white-tailed buck. It's a regular white-tailed deer. Yeah. I knew it wasn't a cow, so it wasn't a longhorn. Um... And then I forgot what the third thing was. So that first sound was so weird. I should have gone like broader. Is that a penguin? That could have been a penguin. Uh, yeah, it, but it wasn't. It could have been a bird. It was a deer. Uh, so let's talk about their height at the shoulder. At the withers. They're sixty-one to eighty-one centimeters, or twenty-four to thirty-two inches. How many Saga antelopes go into the flagpole in National Flag Square in Baku, Azerbaijan? Uh, as, Azerbaijan. A- Azerbaijan? Is that how you say that? Yeah, John wrote a book. It's called Azer. So it's Azerbaijan. Or John released a fragrance. Oh, yes. Azer. That's better. That's better. I'm, I'm actually Azerbaijan. The the Nat Geo article I used for this this episode has uh, "Sauvage" by Johnny Depp on. Like the, <laughs> the, the the ad is staring me in the face, and Johnny Sauvage Depp's, by John. He's just wearing a what looks like a a poncho and looking off into the distance. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why this is the 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 marketing. You're strategy getting retargeted. For, you, yeah, I don't know why I'm seeing it, and I don't know why people who use cologne and stuff, like why why this does it for them, but I guess it does. Because you can't sell a cologne with visual representation unless you sell the lifestyle. Well, they've got all kinds of other, like, hey, this smells really good. We asked, like, a bunch of people, hey, do you think this smells good? And they said it smelled good. So you should That's get it because so- you want to smell good. That. 
Yeah, so just do the same thing. Do an Old Spice thing. You can go no. all kinds of different directions with cologne, but instead it's just... You have just, to sell the luxury. In, instead it's here's um, here's Jared Leto and some random person with an ostrich running through a vintage uh, uh, grocery store wearing weird clothes. Because I want to be running in a grocery store with, Jared with Leto. an ostrich in my life. I want my lifestyle to reflect that. So I'm going to smell like Jared Leto in a grocery store. If there's, if I'm ever watching a commercial and within 15 seconds, I have no idea what's going on. It's definitely cologne or perfume or something. Anyway. Anyway. What, what, what was in Azerbaijan? Here's a hint. The what, pole. What was your, it? How many of these uh, antelopes go into the flagpole? The, the national fl- in National Flag Square in Baku, Azerbaijan. Okay, National Flag Square pole. So uh, here's a hint: the pole once held the record for the longest flagpole, but it was surpassed by poles in Tajikistan and Saudi Arabia. Why is the Eurasian Steppe so hotly pursuing the flagpole? It's thing. It's a point of pride. It seems. <laughs> Also, longest? Uh, That's a weird way to describe a flagpole. Tallest. Don't they go up? <laughs> yeah, it's long. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's all the same thing, but it's just odd. And the world's tallest? Or the tallest in that... Yeah, the world's, world's tallest, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some really tall ones here in the States, so it must be... I mean, you could you could hang a, you could hang a flag on top of the, the, the Wiz Khalifa... <laughs> Whatever that tall building Burj is. Burj Khalifa? The Burj Khalifa. Uh, and call that the tallest flagpole. No, a flagpole, I think, is just a pole. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to say 100 feet. And so I'm going to say 37.5. Antelopes, final answer? Yes, 37.5 antelopes stacked end to end. Nose to Shoulder. rump. No. Oh, no, wait, no, wait. This is their height. This is their height. Sorry, sorry. Standing on, on top of each other. Yeah, so it's it's wrong. It's 199.3 antelopes. Oh, boy. The flagpole was 162 meters or 531.4 feet. It's like thick as a tree trunk at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, I figured that. Just, I, I guess, 100 feet sounded like a lot to me. But what was I thinking? I was so foolish yeah, and you, young you back then. Yeah, you can see then. that at the local 100-foot-tall uh, one. You can see it at the local like uh, car dealership. That's a hundred. That's not ten stories tall. Sure, it is. <laughs> it's probably like, it's probably like twenty feet, thirty feet, forty feet. Uh, let's talk weight. There are twenty-six to sixty-nine kilograms, or fifty-seven to one hundred and fifty-two pounds. How many saga antelopes go into the combined weight of horses in the largest horse rider parade in the world? Assuming they were all the average weight of Mongol horses. This is the worst. Here's a hint. A Mongol horse is a small but stocky breed of horse that is said to be unchanged since the time of Genghis Khan. The parade took place in Alanbatar, Mongolia. I'm sure that's wrong. Um, And the oldest rider was 90 and the youngest was uh, just under three years old. That seems irresponsible. I will tell you that these these are like ponies. They're not... Clydesdales. They're small horses. Yeah, but like a full-grown human can r- ride them without breaking their backs. So yeah, the, so they're not like 
they're not like tiny little like miniature ponies. They're like the motorcycle of horses. I'm going to assume that there were 10,000 horses and that they're 700 pounds each. Okay. Which means we're dealing with 7 million pounds divided by 152. Gets us 46,000 pounds. Or 46,000 Saiga antelopes. 46,000 Bob Saigas. Final answer? Yeah. Final answer. The correct answer is 40,254 antelopes. I was close. The horses are around 550 pounds on average. And there were 11,000... 125 of them making the combined weight uh 6 million 6.1 million wow pounds. i can't believe how close i was were, <laughs> you said there were 11,000 horses i said there were 10,000 horses you said there were 570 pounds i said yeah, there were 700 get, pounds yeah you took a you shaved a little bit off the total number but you beefed them up so it worked out i mean it didn't work out perfectly but i that wow woo take that I, okay. I know more about Mongolian horse parades than I thought. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're at like 33 minutes and I have to leave in like eight minutes. Okay, so, okay, let's do here it. Here are the, some of the fastest facts you've ever heard. The Saga Antelope lives on the Eurasian steppe, home of the largest flagpoles in the world, except for the largest, largest one is now in Saudi Arabia. Uh, but they used to have a larger range spanning all the way across the Bering Strait to Alaska and Canada. Uh, they eat grass and shrubs. Their diet is so versatile that they can eat some plants that are poisonous to other animals. Um, males fight for mates, and victorious bucks can control groups of up to 50 male females. Uh, the females exclusively mate with the male that controls their group. And they often give birth to two fawns at a time. But they're tasty little morsels on the Eurasian plains, so it's good to have two. Mm-hmm. Like other bovids, antelope newborns are able to walk and run shortly after they're born. This gives them an edge against the Eurasian predators that would love to make a meal out of them, including foxes, wolves, dogs, and eagles, which is why you need that like brown countershading. Yes. Um, or at least being brown at all would be great. Uh, the antelopes are able to live in plains that reach very high and very low temperatures. They can, it can be really cold up in like South Russia, and it can be really hot in some desert regions that they live in. Uh, so they have anatomical protections against the elements, including uh, fur that is seasonal and um, seems to be thicker than like your typical like Thompson's gazelle. So they're critically endangered. And it sounds like the story of their endangerment uh, is very similar to the bison in North America. They were overhunted for their meat and their horns. I got it in the major fact. Well, take it away. That's all I got. All right. It's time for the major fact, which I'm calling the nose nose. Nose nose no bounds, I guess. Uh, <laughs> because they live under the blazing sun of the spicy stands, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Turks, Turkmenistan, Azerbaijan, 
<laughs> and also Russia. Uh, overheating is a serious issue for any mammals, including these guys. So while they're not completely 100% sure, and when I say they, I mean researchers, they're not completely sure why the the Saiga has just the oddest looking half an elephant's trunk for a nose. Uh, it does seem like their primary purpose is to help cool the Saiga's face because similar to an elephant's trunk and ears, there are a lot of blood vessels that are very close to the surface of the skin. And so as air flows over it, the blood cools, thus cooling the animal. Uh, so that's that's the prevailing theory. And also, it ha- it's, it's enlarged shape and downward direction they believe help to filter out dust that are kicked up by that's kicked up by the herd um, so it's nice not to have to breathe that stuff in and th- these noses seem specialized to uh, prevent dust from getting into their windpipes however it turns out having this downward nose has a serious downside uh, the saiga has recently plummeted in numbers over the last few years over the last several decades, but specifically over the last few years. Uh, And while many point to hunting, uh, and rightly so, since saiga horn is used in a lot of uh, superstitious remedies and their meat and fur are uh, widely traded, um, and for the 30 years between 1955 and 1985, hunters killed over 5 million of them. So definitely hunting has something to do with it. Uh, but the fatal blow, or presumably fatal blow, since they still, they're still they're still around, but not very many of them, about 100,000 are left, um, were the fatal blow was struck back in the spring of 2015, when in just one season, a massive epidemic wiped out a full half of their remaining population. So, yeah, you'd think it would take years, but nope, just a few months. And... And and there's they have pictures and uh, there's accounts of just the hillsides would be dotted with these carcasses. And after a long period of gobsmackedness, researchers found a special bacteria that grew in the blood vessels of the saiga's noses. As we mentioned, how their noses help them cool their blood, um, and that bacteria is called Pasteurella multocida, multocida. Uh, and the prevalence of this bacteria as it grows causes blood poisoning which is fatal and very contagious and basically had a 100% herd mortality rate if one member of the herd got it the entire herd would die within a few weeks and that's why they would just you just see them drop uh, on the hillsides. So for this, this is why they used to live as far as you mentioned, Canada, and uh, they live uh, in the UK and all of, in a lot of places north of the equator. Uh, but now they just live in these very uh, isolated locations. And it's not like the disease has been eradicated. This bacteria is still still there. Um, so there's just a lot of conservation efforts to keep these guys going, uh, despite this very specific bacteria seeming to, to, to be bent on their elimination. But 
And it's it's all due to these odd looking snuffleupagus noses that they have. And the bacteria, I guess. And hunting. So it's not there's there's a lot of factors. Um hmm. but yeah. That's that that that's my major fact. That's all I got. Interessante. Very like that's the worst ever virus for for an that's the worst case scenario. Hundred ex, extremely contagious and very deadly. Yeah, hundred percent mortality rate. That is that's crazy. So the only way to to not die from it is to be in a herd that doesn't get it at all. So yeah, that's uh, and I don't I don't even know how you would prevent it because it was there was this uh, net geo article I was reading said that it's sometimes present in birth. So it's not like they, you can just lead, keep your, keep a herd away from, I don't know, like water or grass or even other herds. Yeah. That might have it. They might just be born with it. And then uh, it grows out of control. And then, so you have to identify carriers immediately and then remove them from the, from the herd. So yeah, there's only about a hundred thousand left. And um, they're, you know, conservationists are trying to to find ways to, to preserve this species. They're the only member of their genus, um, the genus Saiga. So that would be the end of that. So, and that's all I got. You got anything else? That's all I got. On that, on that sad note, sad sagas. Uh, so, so keep your horns sharp. Your eyes sharper. And when in doubt, Master Marietuck, always follow your nose. Like the Saiga Antelope, here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey, Taxonomy Titans, thanks for listening to the episode. Just a few quick things. As always, reviews and social media engagement are greatly appreciated, but recommending the podcast to friends is the best way to help us grow. If you'd like some LDT-flavored merch, check out teespring.com stores taxonomy tees. That's it. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. podcast. <laughs> Nitty gritty babe nomenclature. No, that just doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> <laughs>